Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Back into hour two of first take, gearing up for a 7:15 kickoff here in the Caesar Superdome. Jaguars versus Saints, black and gold, trying to end the Jags' three-game win streak. Pretty impressive for so this Jacksonville squad. So you say Jaguars, okay? Jaguars. A lot of people like to say Jaguars, and I've never <laughs> quite understood what the difference is between a Jaguar and a Jaguar. I guess uh, they're using the exact phonetic spelling of it. Jaguars. I don't know. I don't know. Derek Carr says Jaguars. So I'm, I don't know. Sorry to, to de- derail your, your rant there. No, I hear you. We're here in the Caesar Superdome now as everyone's setting up, getting ready for, you know, gates to open here. Uh, we just happen to be in super early. It's kind of interesting seeing the whole madness going around, setting up for the madness about to ensue. Yeah, and I keep forgetting it's Thursday. You know, like, Thursday night football is weird, man. Like, yeah, you can tell the players, like, don't know whether they're coming or going. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. The people working in the building are like, what are we doing? Um, but you got to play a football game, and that's why it's so ugly. Like, you talk about watching these games, and people are like, oh, who should I bet on? Like, I don't know. It's a crapshoot. Like, one of these teams might show up and just have no idea what they're doing or not look prepared. Both of these teams might show up and not look prepared. Half the team might be injured. It's half the team is it does seem to be yeah. injured for both squads. Yeah, and especially you know early in the season. Uh, yeah, I think they should have like a break midway through the season uh, from Thursday night football, and then you get back to it later in the year. Because once you like in the middle of the season, it just seems like you end up with these teams that are just like we need a day or a week off, not a, not a game halfway through the week. No, anyway. and yeah, more and more I understand that need for two bye weeks. Yeah, I, I do think like that's going to be the next thing that happens is is you add that second bye week somewhere because you see the injuries and and the NFL wants the product to be good. Like I'm, I'm kind of joking that the product on Thursdays is <laughs> is atrocious a lot of the time, and you know it's like you want watchable games, and one of the reasons the games aren't watchable is because star players aren't out there. Like Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what he's going to look like, but. I can tell you that the Jaguars don't want their franchise quarterback playing three days after suffering a knee injury. He throws on a knee brace and they're like, let's see what happens. Like, no one wants that. The NFL doesn't. The NFL literally changes its rules to protect its quarterbacks. And now, you know, one of the young faces of this league is, you know, who knows? Uh, they say it was minor, but I don't know how minor can a knee injury be. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This isn't what we intended to talk about. But I just think Thursday Night Football, it's been a topic for years of, like, is this a good idea? beyond anything but money. Right. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything that has told me. It's like, oh, yeah, this is great for the game. We, we've talked about this a little on the Inside Black and Gold podcast, the fact that even you look at the Jaguars, they got a much tougher go at this heading into this short week because <laughs> yeah. they just spent two weeks in uh, London, yep. came back home for a game, and now on a short week had to come to New Orleans. Yeah, like you get the option. We, we learned this last right. year. Like teams, if they <laughs> want a bye week after a London trip, they can get it. They chose not to take it, um, and so not, instead of a bye week, they get a short week uh, coming up. So we'll yeah, show you. Yeah, they're they're in they're in you know that. But the Saints seem to take advantage of that, you know, like, uh, and you look at it as you know Thursday night football isn't great, but then 
you know, that extra three days on the back is kind of nice. So I feel like there's a lot of you got to get through it. That's kind of how I've approached the week. Is like I just got to get to Friday, and then I'll then I'll be fine. Everything will be back to normal. But you got to get through that game first, and uh, we'll just you know we'll see. I I'd like to think that this Saints team has spent the last three days like vowing to correct the errors. I don't you don't have much time to make actual corrections, but I think you're going to see a team come out focused. I'd hope after the performance you saw in Houston, which was just as sloppy as it gets. So, you know, maybe that's a good thing. That was one of the things, too, also on our podcast. Plug again, Inside Black and Gold <laughs> podcast, talking to Download it. Uh, that Jaguars guest, how he was expecting a sloppy game from Jacksonville in this matchup, uh, especially with the – he kept raving about, obviously, the Superdome crowd. But uh, that really stuck out to me, the fact that he said, I'm expecting a sloppy Jag showing in this matchup. And I was like – but you guys are riding the three-game win streak. Yeah. And, and I think what I told you is, like, this Jaguars team knows what they are, which is the Jaguars, and a team that doesn't necessarily expect – they don't expect good times to continue, right? <laughs> We've gotten to the point in New Orleans where it's like, why isn't this good? Why aren't we enjoying every game? Uh, and Jaguars are used to, <laughs> used to that negativity. Right. Uh, so they're kind of turning into that franchise, and that's why, you know, I asked – Mike about Doug Peterson because it's like it just seems like there's a point where as a franchise you expect to win you learn how to win and then you go to games and you're like good things are going to happen to us right it becomes part of the culture the fan culture winning culture right Right. and and that's where I think you're seeing Saints fans be very frustrated because that winning culture does exist except you know you see the lack of success of the Superdome and you just don't know what's up where did it go why is it not here anymore and you see the secondary market prices fall and you're like okay the, the excitement around this team just isn't what you want it to be because they're not being shown anything, especially at home, to get excited about. And that's what has to change. We want to get into uh, some of our hood ads that have been hanging on the line. Jimmy and Gretna, what you got for us today? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Jimmy? Hey, listen, you guys made a good point. The secondary market right now for the game tonight, you're looking at $22 to get into the Saints game against the Jags tonight. Uh, for a prime um, time in the dome. Yeah, 22 yeah. bucks for prime time. I don't know if it's because everybody's got flat screens, the 60-inch TVs, or inflation. I don't know if it's too expensive or parking or whatever. But, yeah, you can get $22 tickets right now. I put my hall pass in with my wife. I'm waiting for a reply here. Uh, I've been doing my honeydews. <laughs> I'm trying to go. I'm watching it. I'm probably going to wait till the, the ninth inning here and make a move. But, uh, yeah. $22 tickets right now, and it might drop between now and 7. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, that's definitely wild to hear. I know yeah. I saw some of the tickets yesterday, too, that were still available for this matchup. Uh, expecting to f- have a pretty full dome, though, for a Thursday night matchup. Uh, two teams that have plenty of star power on them, too. Yeah, I mean, like, this this fan base wants to get excited, but I think Thursday night football is one of those where it's like if, if you have excitement and you think good things are going to happen for you, you're going to be like, we're going. But, you know, when, when things – when you're expecting disappointment, the way that – you know, week four didn't set anybody up thinking like, yeah, that's great. Well, let's do that again. Um, you know, that, that early Friday morning feels like it's a lot closer. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these prices be what they are. What if fans find out that Sister Hazel's here? Oh, man. I found out that I'm a hazelnut. That's, <laughs> that's something that we established that uh, Sister Hazel super fans are called hazelnut. And I know two Sister Hazel songs, and I think that qualifies me. I'm excited. 
Well, so be, they'll be hearing from them at the, the halftime. Apparently. Uh, because we did hear them warming up, and that's when we started to do some more research and finding out <laughs> yes. some information. We did. We spent much of the break uh, <laughs> diving into the Sister Hazel uh, discography. If you Not will. about the Thursday night matchup, but yeah, Sister Hazel we were diving into. I'm excited about it. Those $21 Sister Hazel tickets are going to be a good time for everybody. But no, I mean, I think yeah, this, I, I do think, you know, I, I'm being very negative right now, but I do think that this team has a chance to go into a long extended break with positive vibes and all they have to do is come out here and put on put together a quality performance not have those mistakes not have those miscommunications get down to the red zone and cash in with some points against a jaguars team that should be beleaguered should be tired should be kind of not not aware of what day it is like i am and you know if they can do that then i think that there will be a lot more confidence returning to this team some big talking points all week for this saints team was uh communication accountability uh, Saints quarterback Derek Carr addressed the media earlier in the week, and here's what QB1 had to say. Having played some high school ball in Sugarland, is this kind of special for you when you go back to? Yeah, it's like going back home. You know, I was talking to Zach about that. You know, like you know, we, I've gone back to LA, and sure, a lot of my family can come to those games, but I, I really grew up in Houston. You know, so when people make fun of me for saying y'all and having a southern accent, because I just figured that out when I moved to New Orleans, it's not the case. You know, I. After fifth grade, moved to Houston. It was there for junior high, high school. And then after my junior year, before my senior year, I went back to California. So, and my mom, my mom's whole side of the family, my grandma, my grandpa, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody's. From Sorry, that was the wrong audio of Derek Carr. We'll try to track down the <laughs> it's right Thursday, one. It's Thursday, people. Yeah, Jeff, you noticed that right off the bat. I didn't even, you know, it didn't hit me until you're like, oh, he's talking about Sugarland, his hometown. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Well, it is funny, and, you know, we can talk about it a little bit because I don't think we talked about it last week, is Derek Carr's from Texas. He has a southern accent, and then he went out to California, <laughs> and everyone was making fun of him because he was like, why do you suck with a southern accent? You're playing in, uh, you know, Oakland, and you're playing in Las Vegas. Well, he does have a southern accent. He does say y'all, and people yeah. make fun of him. Uh, looking at our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, we got Jonathan from Marrero on the line. What you got, Jonathan? Hey, guys. I uh, just want to pass one thing by y'all. I mean, I know we brought Jimmy Graham in for, for obviously for catching the ball, not for blocking. He's never really been known for blocking. But yet, you know, through six games, he's got little to no targets. And I do see him in there a good bit. So I just want to see what y'all thought on that was. You know, why did we bring him in if we're not going to try to use him in a passing game? He was completely absent last matchup. That is a heck of a question, and I wish I had the answer. We're, we're pretty curious about that one, too, Jonathan. We, we question what exactly is the plan for Jimmy and what's the, uh, what we thought was the vision we definitely haven't seen thus far. Yeah, my, my issue is, you know, you st you're struggling in the red zone. You <laughs> have a 6'7 guy that should be unguardable in, in a certain way, right? If you are 6'7 and you can just go into the end zone and box somebody out, you know, they don't have guys who can get to the to height that you can. So why is that not – have you seen a single fade thrown to Jimmy – even the touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham was not like a, a high ball. And you, you would think you would just say, hey, let's run a basketball play once, right? Let's just do it. You know, you're trying to score from the 24-yard line. Why not throw Jimmy Graham in there and say, just go down there and be tall? Like, that's the part of it that's frustrating. I don't need to see Jimmy Graham being super involved between the 20s, but the idea was supposed to be this is going to be a red zone weapon. You're going to be strategic about how you deploy him and it's supposed to help you in, a, in an area that you have, frankly, struggled completely to this point in the season. You're one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. And to this point, I have not seen them take advantage of him in the way that he was supposed to be taken advantage of. So, you know, I, I agree with that completely, and I wish I had an answer, but to this point, I just don't. Also, Jeff, 
uh, Jeff, with the tight end situation as a whole. Yeah. And I, I think part of the struggles, though, too, have obviously been Jawan Johnson. When, when is he going to get back from injury? It's been way too long. Unfortunately, you know, uh, we, we expect a lot of things after seeing him have a heck of a training camp. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And, I mean, you get hurt. There's, there's things you can't hand, manage. But um, it, it's, it's frustrating because you see a lot of these injuries and they're lingering, but you don't really – it's like doesn't seem signi- – it's super severe. It's not like he went down on the field in a heap. He – tweaked something before the Bucks game and yeah. has not been able to get back. And so those non-contact injuries seem to be the scariest. Soft tissue injuries are tough. It's really hard to gauge. You know, it's like if you if you break something, you can at least say, OK, this is the timeline. But it's really hard to to establish with those soft tissue injuries. And, you know, it, it's frustrating because I think Jawan, you know, you had a high expectations for him. You know, everyone's complaining that they drafted him in fantasy leagues. And definitely I, my out of town friends are all complaining the same thing. Like you told me. Yeah. And I mean, that's been I do think that that has been something that's limiting this offense. And you would think, OK, with Jawan out, that would mean more opportunity for Jimmy Graham. You did see Foster Morrow involved more last week. I think you're going to keep seeing him get more involved. You saw a career high in catches for Taysom Hill. You know, that's part of that is they're trying to attack the middle right. of the field with the tight ends. And that's when he's catching the ball, he's a tight end, right? Like, that's the only time that he is a tight end. <laughs> but, yeah, th- there's been a lot to be desired with the tight end position. We've got our hands on the correct audio. Derek Carr going to take a break, step away real quick, be back with more after this on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back here on First Take. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak already inside the Caesar Superdome waiting for 715 kickoff uh, between the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football. You can hear that on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app coming up at 5 o'clock will be the Bud Light Countdown, the kickoff, the Cajun Cannon. Bobby Bear will be joining me right here. We are in the Caesars Rewards Lounge in the, in the Superdome. You can stop by and see us. Uh, wanted to get into some audio from Derek Carr. Uh, had a little flub uh, the last segment, but we got it back on track now. So here's what QB1 had to say leading up to tonight's matchup. Derek, do you feel like some of the offensive struggles you guys have had is maybe due to miscommunication? Uh, well, there was some yesterday for sure. Uh, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the other games. I've already been watching four or five you know, Jaguar games. So, um, you know, but for sure yesterday there was some miscommunications. There was uh, you know, some audibles that were 
done and we're not on the same page and all those things. And until we get on the same page, um, there's going to be sucky feelings. And so, you know, if it takes extra time studying, if it takes extra time, you know, with your coach, uh, whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, when those situations come up, we, we can just do the right things. We have, we have the talent to do the right things, but we have to do the right things, even if the look may change this much, you know, um, to finish those drives. Why do you think those issues exist six weeks into the season that you guys haven't been able to iron it out? Um, well, I have some thoughts on that, you know, that I'll keep to myself. Um, but, you know, for, for us as players, I can speak for us, like, it takes a great deal of discipline to make sure that, yes, we may be running the same play, but a new defense presents different looks. And you have to, you know, when we break the huddle, what is my assignment versus that look? You know, what is my assignment when the picture changes a little bit than what I saw in practice, you know? Um, and so just as a player, as for, speak for myself, I just dive into my assignment and the discipline and the focus it takes to do it right, um, you know, even if it's not what we thought it would be. Before the season, he talked a lot about like how he would wanted to be able to give you like two play calls and you could go out there and kill one or whatever. Is that is that something you guys are doing a lot of? Yeah, we had a. There was a few times in the game um, yesterday, um, you know, checks and different things, uh, and and some some were some good plays for us. Um, and then there was, you know, one or two where you go back and you look at it and you're like, not everybody was on the same page. And so we. You know, if I you know, we're up there, we make a check. You know, I got to make sure I'm making the right check, and also everyone's got to make sure that if I check to something, um, that that everyone understands their assignment. And so it takes all the coaches and players to be on the same page. That you know, whenever you know, if Pete's gonna give me that ability to do those things, that when I do those things, that we all have to be on the same page. Who's, I guess, ultimately, like, whose responsibility is it to, to get everyone on the same page? Like, is it more time spent in practice with, or going over that with the with you and the receivers? Is that like position group, I guess, film study? Like, I guess, where is the ultimate responsibility? Yeah, um, well, I mean, no matter what I say to that, it will put a big circle on, you know, someone. so it's everyone's responsibility, you know? Um, like, I know the coaches are up there figuring out, okay, this is how I'm gonna do with my position, this is how we're gonna deal with the offense. Um, and as players, we're thinking, okay, personally, how am I going to do this better? Now, how can I? Me, you know, this morning, me and Mike, I was texting him all morning. You know, I uh, saw Chris this morning, talking to him on the plane, talking to Rashid, and you know, so we're all we we corrected things. You just don't want to correct them after a loss, you know. And and so we all take that responsibility. And and if you if someone's pointing fingers, and you know, if we come constructively to each other. Uh, and you can't take it, then that's on them as a person. You know, we have to be able to, you know, sit at the table and have a conversation. You know, we have to be able to do those things uh, to move forward. And so, um, so far it's been super positive, but it's on everybody. You know, there's not one person in this building, you know, that the weight is more on, less on, anything like that. We all carry a responsibility to do our job. And so um, I've just tried my best to, what I think, to do, do that as a leader and as quarterback. Does that kind of uh, go along with Jamar's message to the team yesterday about looking, looking in the mirror? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought, I thought his message was great. Um, what he said is everything I believe, you know. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, we're not playing against the scoreboard, we're playing against the standard. And what standard do you have set for yourself and what standard do we have set for this team? And so you have to look in the mirror, you know, even as human beings, when we wake up, what standards do we have for ourselves, right? You know, I have standards for, as me, for a husband, as a dad. Um, 
and am I doing those things every day? You know, that's the standard I'm holding myself to. You know, not not looking around, not looking at the score of anything else. You know, I'm make sure I'm I'm living up to that standard of excellence. And so, um, you have to be able to, especially on a short week, you have to be able to do all of the things, whatever everyone did in the New England week. You have to be able to do all that stuff this week. You know, you have to do all those things, even if you don't feel like it. You know, there's times when I go home, I don't feel like being a great dad because my body hurts, but my kids want to play catch. They want to have fun. I want to give them those memories every time. And Mike Thomas just said you didn't want to hear about people blaming coaches. I mean, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm the same way. I feel the same way. I will. I never have blamed a coach. I never will blame a coach because they're not the ones standing on the field. You know, I've always... Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, I've always been like, I don't care what play you call, we should be able to execute something, you know. And obviously, we know things happen, right? But, you know, they have a good call or whatever. But I've always felt like, man, like, let's, I don't like that mentality of pointing a finger, you know. I don't like that mentality at all. I, I always felt like, um, you know, if you call something, I'm going to do my best to make that happen, no matter the situation, no matter what. You know, whether I agree or disagree, I am human. I do have those feelings. I, I'm just going to do my best to execute. Everything is kind of listening to everything you said. That just everybody being on the same page is kind of the crux of the issue. Like if you guys can get everyone on the same page, stuff gets where you want Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like kind of cliche, um, but you know, if I. You know, put the assignment up there, you know, offensive football, all 11 have to do right. You know, if a guy runs a great route and I miss a throw, that sucks for the receiver. You know, if a guy, you know, again, runs a great route, someone misses a block, it's a sack, but he's open, you know, that, you know, that sucks for the team also. So, like, all 11 guys on offense, you know, if you're running a route, you know, you're not going to get the ball. Versus, like, it matters, though, because you're pulling a defender out for your buddy, you know, to get the ball. Like, everything on offense, all 11 matter, you know. You know, whereas on defense, you know, a guy may get beat, but it's, you know, someone gets a sack. You know, uh, it doesn't work that way usually for offensive football. You know, you have to have all 11 guys be locked in on what you know plays Pete is putting in, and on every adjustment, on everything, on every detail. Um, and and when you are, it looks awesome. When you are, it is a beautiful thing. Um, you know, we had we had a lot of those things that happened yesterday, but. It just it just so happened that two or three of those times um, were critical times where we really needed those those moments and we didn't do it. Saints quarterback Derek Carr as the team gets ready for Jacksonville Jaguars right here Thursday night football a seven fifteen kickoff coming up on WWL Saints Radio on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line I see Ron from Nola East wants to talk a little Derek Carr what you got for us Ron yeah how you doing fellas doing all right yeah yeah I have a question about uh, Derek Carr. Um, did the Raiders, the uh, Raiders release him, or did he just choose to become a free agent? Uh, they released him, yeah. Okay, well, that shows me that apparently the Raiders didn't have enough confidence that they could win with him, you know. And that should have been a red flag for the Saints, you know. It's kind of funny, you know, like uh, that they released him, you know. Yeah, I mean. Things went sour there with the head coach. Yeah, it's it's a little more complicated than that, but yeah, it was it was more of a Josh McDaniels thing, I think. But no, I mean to this point, you know, Derek, well, he you know he did tie for the league lead in passing yards last week, but I don't think anyone pointed that and be like, wow, this is what we were hoping for in terms of the result and the product. Uh, you know, to this point, he has not delivered. You know, you're talking about five touchdown passes, three interceptions through six weeks, and you know, one of the things that he has done well, which you know, in terms of looking for positives he hasn't turned the ball over right I don't think he's put the ball in harm's way 
um, at a level that you're unhappy with. The issue has been the production in the red zone. And, you know, that's – you, you would think if you have a quarterback who is protecting the ball in a really good defense, you should be able to succeed. One thing that hasn't been criticized enough probably is the, the penalties. You're talking about a team that is fourth in the NFL in penalties and first in penalty yards against. They lead the league in holding penalties, and that's going to undermine a lot of the things you want to do on offense. And you can say, well, they need to call better, better plays. But when he played against the Saints last year, he didn't show a whole lot, you know, to me anyway. You know, when the yeah, that was a tough Saints, game. Uh, no, right. The Raiders, yeah, they were oh, shut down in the Superdome. Yeah, the Raiders were a bad team. Yeah. You know, so, I, I, I mean, that, yeah, but, but yeah. the quarterback, though. So, the, the quarterback right. gets all the recognition when they win and when they lose, you know. So, I, I don't understand what the Saints are thinking about by paying him all that money, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the 14th highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now, and I think that's probably about what you're getting is, is middle-of-the-road quarterback play. Um, no, but I, I don't disagree with you. He has to be better, straight up. No, the yeah, hundred fifty million dollar man has to look like that for sure, and I think tonight is definitely a key uh, matchup for him. You look at this, like I said, the Jacksonville secondary giving up a ton of yards uh, in the passing game. We got, lead the league in turnovers. Yeah, we um, we do lead the league in turnovers, though, right? No, the Jags do. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. But Darius, um, Darius Williams has three interceptions. He's had one in each of the last three games. Fun fact. He's also forced two fumbles. So keep an eye out for Terry. I wonder what the streak is in the NFL for guys getting interceptions in consecutive games. That's well, I know wild. it would be a franchise record if he gets another one today. Uh, so there you go. Anything else, Ron? Apparently he was the only, only person that, that the Saints was interested in when he became a free agent last year, you know. But I just think it was a whole lot of money that they spent, you know, unnecessarily on a quarterback like him. No, I mean, you need a quarterback, right? The question is whether you got the right one. I don't, I don't have any yeah. issue with them going and spending money on the top free agent on the market, which he was. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with you. He's got to be better, and he's got to uh, – the issue I have is, you know, this has been a career guy who has been inefficient and ineffective in the red zone just based on the numbers. You know, it's not, not – it's an objective thing. Like, the numbers are not good. And that's why you look at what's happened through six weeks and you say, this is not an aberration. This is not an outlier for, for Derek. He's, he had just traditionally has not been good in the red zone, and he has continued to not be good in the red zone over the first six weeks. Can he buck that? I don't know. But this offense, if, it needs, if it's going to get where it needs to go, needs to find ways to manufacture offense in the red zone, one way they can do that is by running the ball. And I think getting Jamal Williams back will help in that regard. But – you know, I, I can't disagree with the take that, you know, Derek has not been as advertised in terms of leading an offense. You know, I know we, we it, you're looking at a team that, that is making changes, but he wasn't brought in because you expected to rebuild everything offensively. He was brought in because you thought that he could run this offense as it is more successfully than you've seen the last two years, and that just hasn't been the case. Our Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check, two hours, 31 minutes till a 7.15 kickoff. Coming up in the Caesar Superdome and on WWL Saints Radio. We'll be right back with more First Take after the break here on WWL. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Back in on first take, getting ready for the Bud Light countdown. The kickoff coming up at 5 o'clock. Diving back into our Saints sound bank. Want to hear from center Eric McCoy of the black and gold. Here he is. Being locked in, I guess, when it comes to the red zone offense, and that's a question probably get asked almost every week now at, at this point through six games. Is how do you guys get locked in on the red zone offense, and what do you think is going on? Yeah, well, I mean, the two things that are critical to red zone offense are things that we filled out last week. You can't have a penalty. You can't have penalties. I had one. And you have to be able to run the football. And we didn't do either one of those, and we didn't do either one of those well. Um, so we had to eliminate those if we want to be successful in the red zone because going over three, like that's. Come on. Um, yeah, that's unacceptable. How eager are you guys to be part of the solution as an offensive line unit, to be part of the solution in this thing? Yeah. Um, I would say super eager. Um, I mean, I feel like the the thought process of the entire unit is we want to be the reason why we win. Um, we don't want to be a part of it. Well, we do want to be a part of it. You get what I'm saying? But we want to be the reason why we win games. Um, and obviously, we have to play better for that to happen. So. I mean, what's the review of how close you've been to that so far? Um, I would say weeks one through three, we didn't play well. I would say the past three weeks, it's trended in the right direction. We just have to keep it trending in the right direction, no matter who is in there. No matter if it's a rookie, no matter if it's somebody playing a different position. And this being the third year in a row where you guys have had to shuffle it There's a new lineup, here's the next new lineup, here's mm -hmm. the next lineup. Mm -hmm. Does that get you more used to it, or does that wear on you? Uh, you learn to roll with the punches. No matter who's playing next to you, you have to know how to communicate with them. You have to trust that they're going to take the right right footwork. They have to trust that you're going to take the right footwork and make the right calls. Um, yeah, like you said, third year in a row doing it. It is what it is. We have to go out and execute. And I'm, I'm sure if you've answered already, but what pressure does the offense feel to just be more complimentary to the defense's performance? Yeah, I mean, first off, shout out to our defense. They played great all season. Um, so we have to be better. Just as all across the board, offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, quarterback, we all have to be better. It's we're all part of the solution. Um, and if we want to get this thing trending in the right direction, we all have to be better. Seems like leaders like Derek, Demario, even Cam, they preach accountability. They're preaching mm -hmm. Sunday and even Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, just what did I say about you guys, especially with the offense, preaching accountability when things don't go right and trying to. I'm sorry, what was, what was the question? Like accountability, but like you guys, some of the yeah. people in yellow account yeah. when yeah. things aren't yeah. going right and trying to fix things. Yeah, I mean, each person has to be not only accountable to the person next to them, but accountable to yourself. Like, are you doing everything that you possibly can to make this team successful, to make yourself be successful. Um, whether that's extra film, whether that's extra recovery so your body's right, whether that's taking extra sets after practice to make sure that your set pattern is right, working on your hands, like it doesn't matter. Whatever you have to do to be accountable to this team and to yourself is what you have to do. 
That's Saints center Eric McCoy. Black and gold getting ready to take on Jacksonville Jaguars. 7-15 kickoff right here on WWL Saints Radio. And I don't know, Jeff, obviously I, I think you can hear the frustration from McCoy when asked about all the problems up front in the offensive line. But he does seem to think that things are coming together. Yeah, well, I think the, the, this team understands that it has the talent. It's not a talent deficit. <laughs> right, like for that's, sure. And so when, that's the, when that is the scenario, you have to look at other things, and it's like you hear a lot of players talking about accountability, right? The veteran players, Eric said it there. DeMario has talked about it. Derek has talked about it. Alvin has talked about it. Mike Thomas has talked about it. And so why is that coming up? Why is that an issue? I don't think, it's a, I don't think everyone's coming up with that same line, not, n- not having an idea of, like, why they're saying it. Right? Is everyone doing the work? Are people putting out the effort in terms of preparation? Are they are they going into a game? You know, I think Demario said it this week. And a lot of times, the game has already been won or lost before you even step on the field because of the work you did throughout the week. And so, are you getting that work on a consistent basis? Um, and you know, I, I I don't think that that gets said unless people mean it, right? And and unless the, there is this feeling that some people aren't pulling their weight. And so, yeah. you know, hopefully that message is heard. Uh, because you know, we can still say, we can say it's still early. It gets late early in the NFL. You're talking about week six. You got to really start pulling things together at this point in the season. Otherwise, you're going to end up in the same position you were in last year, where you're like, okay, maybe if they can win four games in a row and week 13 on, then they'll have a chance. And that's not where you want to be, especially with a team this talented. You know what I hate right now too? It's like you hear, oh, it's still early. Is it though? Yeah, it's, it gets late early, right? <laughs> like it does. You know, it's not. It's not that early. Uh, we'll be back with more closing out first take right after this break here on WWL Saints Radio. Closing out first take. Want to get prediction time, Jeff. How are you feeling about tonight's matchup? You know, as negative as, as I've sounded, I do feel good. I feel like this Saints team is going to figure some things out, and this Jags team is not in good shape. They should win. Yeah, I think this Jags squad also comes into this matchup obviously banged up. Want to see Derek Carr exploit that secondary. Saints get a win. I don't care how. Back with more of Bud Light Countdown to kickoff right after this on WWL Saints Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.